morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We're the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be talking about one of the craziest matches I think any of us have seen uh, the New York Red Bulls 2 play. It's up there with that weird one from Orlando last year. Uh, we've got some uh, news around the team to discuss, our typical ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We've got uh, Red Bull News Network's own uh, Liam Pettit uh, coming on to talk to us about uh, that game and, and sort of his uh, way of making it into uh, journalism. And uh, then we're going to preview the match against Ottawa and break down some news around the USL. Joining me tonight, uh, the... I think he thinks he's the most hated man, and I've said it before, but uh, he's such a gem and a nice and lovely person. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. Hello. How's it going? It's going very well. I'm working on your image. This is me trying to help. You're working on my image. That's me doing it. Yep. Okay. That's good. <laughs> that, that's good. Let, 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 let's see how it goes. <laughs> We shall see. How are you doing? How how are things? I'm doing good. Um, I would do better if this time next year I can install a uh, an AC system in my new house. Oh, man, but until yeah. then, I am suffering in the heat. But that's okay. It reminds me of the '90s. <laughs> there you go. I guess that's something. Summer of '94, all the way. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a rough one, uh, and of course. Joining me now, we've got Mr. Joe Steen. How are you doing, Joe? Great. Uh, weird, weird game on uh, Saturday, but uh, I guess we'll take a point from that. <laughs> yeah, that was an understatement. I labeled it as Crazy Town. Uh, Charleston jumps out to a 3 nothing lead. We can talk about the defense in a little bit. Uh, it seems like all is lost. I think if you are a diehard New York Red Bulls 2 fan, you might have been bashing your head against the wall at that point. Uh, and the team storms back. They tie it up 3-3. Uh, obviously, they're a man up at that point. Things look like they're going well. They drop another goal on a set piece. Down 4-3. They pull back again with only a few minutes left. Uh, and then Charleston seemingly wins it. Uh, the referee, uh, it, it was unclear, I think, what he was pointing to or what he was saying uh, when he blew the whistle. Uh, the Red Bulls take the kick from there. Uh, and then without actually blowing the final whistle... All of the referees leave the field as a fight breaks out. <laughs> Only in USL, right? What the heck was that? Let's start, I guess, uh, talking about the defense before we do anything else. Uh, Hassan and Dom is in a bad, bad way right now. What is going on with him? Uh, anyone who wants to take that, feel free. Nobody. There, yeah, I was about to talk. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. See, look at you just cutting me off. Like, oh, nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about the defense. Wait, I'll wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing to say. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, really? Wait. Really? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Anthony. This defense right now in 2018 is atrocious, and these past two games in particular have really showcased that. I don't know what it is about Hassan Adam because when he's confident and he is in a good mindset, he can be a good defender, not a great defender, but a good one. He, in these last two games, has shown his insecurity and been absolutely atrocious. 
So I don't know what this team needs to do to get him in the right in the right mindset. I don't know if um, Escobar or whoever they tend to put next to him is just a bad partner. But I, I'm going to be positive here. I refuse to believe he's this bad. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's great, but I refuse to believe that he's this bad. But he's going to have to prove that he isn't. I think that he needs someone back there kind of marshalling things. I don't think he's the guy who can be the organizer, even though he's the veteran on the back line. And I think the games where he does well uh, and the team has a lot of success uh, defending, uh, it's in those moments where he can just kind of sit back and do his job. Uh, And when he's kind of – when he's got more responsibility, uh, things don't necessarily go as well. I don't know for sure – that he's the one taking charge of the back line, but that that from my reading uh, of what's happening out there seems to be the case, es- especially when he's with younger guys like Wahab or um, uh, Kevin Pollitz, that he tends to wander a lot more uh, than if he was with Jordan or, or, or Fidel. It's well, it's weird because the the Bethlehem game, I believe, um, was it Bethlehem that with Escobar he looked great in that game, yeah. and he you know he had a really strong game. He was probably the Best player, best player, and one of the best players on the field. And then uh, they, you know, against Louisville with Pollitts, they just looked horrible. And then you know, North Carolina. All right, yeah, I'll give them some leeway there. They went down a man and had to defend for basically the last thirty minutes. But against Charleston, like these are just like simple mistakes. I mean, you know, high line. There's not, there's no communication. I mean, the third goal gets in alone, basically a breakaway. Um, and you know, like just a lot of these goals, I mean, not, not marking on the second goal, the first goal, you know, it was just a basic counterattack, but I mean, even the fourth goal, like, I mean, set pieces, like, I don't think this team's actually scored a goal from a set piece this year. I'd have to actually check that to make sure, or no, I'm sorry. They have, I believe it was an own goal against Louisville, uh, or, uh, Cincinnati. I'm sorry, but they've given up so many set piece, like on set pieces. It just seems like they don't really defend that well Mm -hmm. at times. And that's that's classic young team. Um, okay, another thing I want to talk about uh, in this match, uh, Anatoly Bong. This is his second start uh, with the two team. I just want to get general thoughts from you guys of what you think. I I've been impressed with what we've seen, but obviously he's not getting uh, any goals just yet. Uh, but he's showing a lot of signs that he could be an important player for either you know the, the first team as sort of a uh, a striker in waiting, uh, or uh, the main man on the two team. He still has not learned how to stay on side. <laughs> yeah, there's it, a little bit of that for sure. It haunted him all those years ago, and even now, he's still a step in front of whoever's delivering the ball. And I, I don't know how long, how much longer we can say. Well, it has to do with uh, the partnership. Obviously, there's a little bit of. Uh, of that that has to go like do you know the person that's giving you service in the midfield but at this point it it just looks like he's taking two steps forward one step back literally uh in in the offense to try to stay on side and almost always being one step too far forward so um they maybe he's just not that guy that should be left up there by himself or the primary guy so that he doesn't get caught offside, but they got to do something about that. What I would like to see them do with him is to use him in, in sort of the way that Connor Casey uh, used to play the role. Uh, obviously, he wasn't exactly alone up top, um, but 
what they they would have him do, and especially when he was at Philadelphia, is kind of uh, be the guy to to hold up play when you're clearing from like dangerous situations in the back. He's got the size to do it, and he can absolutely play with his back to goal. Uh, and then turn. So I, I would rather him kind of uh, look to hold up play, bring other numbers into the attack, or just use his size. I don't think he needs to beat the back line uh, with his speed in order to get opportunities. I think he can create them himself, but it's just a matter of, of maybe confidence and just repetition. Because remember, he hasn't really played too much. Hold on. Before before you go on, I agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. No one that is not our age here knows who Connor Casey will probably is. know who Connor Casey is. <laughs> Fair. So you're gonna have to explain. Okay, so Connor Casey here because I loved Connor Casey. I love watching him, but I don't think there's a lot of people that do. So please explain who Connor Casey is. You got to think of him as as sort of a tank. Uh, as a a striker, he was a very big guy. He was not particularly fast. Uh, I don't think he had a touch on the ball the way that uh, Abang does. I think he's a Abang is a much more skillful version of that type of player. But he's the kind of guy that is up there to to uh, sort of keep defenders honest, use his body to kind of knock them around, maybe make them think twice about the fifty fifty challenges that they go into. Uh, but he was so good for Philadelphia uh, at times when he was healthy, because that was towards the end of his career at just winning the ball up top and then being patient to wait for whoever's going to join him. And I think at the time it was probably Latou and uh, oh, I can't remember who was on the, the other wing. I don't think it was Pontius yet. Um, but he he could wait for those numbers to get into the attack and give them the advantages, uh, which was something that, that the Red Bulls 2 did really well at the end of last season with Stefano Bonomo. But obviously a bong is a much, much bigger body. Well, I've been like his his touch really impresses me. Like as yeah. far as like just his chest control alone, like I'm just like wow, this guy just makes the ball just stop dead when he chests it. But they have like you, like you mentioned, they have the guys on this team where he could just be that guy who plays towards the spectacle. I mean, Amanda Moreno now is healthy, which is good for them. And Jared Stroud has shown that he can score too. And you even take in consideration Jose Aguinaga's actually played very well when he's been called mm-hmm. upon in that outside role. So it's not like they don't have guys. I mean, I think they have, I want to say, like, four guys above five goals this year. I think Tanari has, like, seven. I think because uh, we even even Tom Barlow can actually play out there because we've seen him do that, too. Yep. Um, Barlow, I think Barlow has seven. Um, Tanari has seven. Mondo has eight. Um, and I think, I think Jared has four or five. So they have guys that can score for sure. Uh, and I again, them using him like they used Stefano Bonoma last year can definitely be an asset for them. Yeah, absolutely. And okay, let's talk about the end of this match uh, because, like we said, it it was very very bizarre. I've not ever seen the refs leave the field as quickly as they did in Charleston. I I'm still not really even sure what. Um, uh, made them leave so quickly. Did, do you guys have any idea what was going on there? Because there was not even any suspensions that came out of any of that. I, w- I watched that game on mute, so I literally thought that <laughs> that Charleston had scored, and I was I was just like, I actually had a tweet typed out like saying this team is the most unlucky team I've ever seen on the road this season. Like the the ability, like the fact that they've conceded so many late goals and lost so many points is just unbelievable. But then I then they took the goal off the board and I said, "All right, what the heck's going on?" The refs left the field. I'm like, "All right, what's going on now?" Like I had no idea because like, the game was on mute because I was doing something. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm convinced their radios must have been out or something because somebody said, all right, guys, the game's over, and one referee heard it, and then the other ones didn't because <laughs> the linesman or I don't know if it's a linesman or the fourth official just starts randomly running across the field. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I guess the game's over. <laughs> they they all took off running, which is the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen in this uh, league or maybe any league. Just to see the referees bolt like that while the teams are fighting, very very. Also, weird. why does this? Why do weird things like this happen in soccer? I don't understand how like there, there are so many other sports like rugby or NFL, and I use those in particular because there's so many people on the field, and we never see this happen. But, like, in soccer, there's all these, like, random, like, referees mistake people or they just decide the game's over but no one communicates with anybody at all. It's like, what, what, like, what is happening? There are weird things in other sports, but does, it definitely feels like there's more in soccer. And I have no answer for that. It's very weird. <laughs> okay, let's talk man of the match. Who you got? Uh, it has to be Tom Barlow. Uh, comes off the bench, scores three goals. Uh, all three of them were very well taken. I mean, both headers were, I mean, especially the header, the second goal where it was deflected and he was still able to get his head on it. Um, and he, just a huge impact. And it was really good to see cause he's been like, he came coming off of, you know, broken nose and, uh, you know, with a bond coming in, like it's kind of, he's kind of still trying to, you know, it's not much different for him than it was when Brian White was there. He's still trying to find time. Yeah. There's some major, um, Douglas Martinez, Stefano Bonomo, uh, vibes happening there where they they really wanted Martinez to be the guy but Bonomo stepped up uh, so big uh, when um, when Brandon got traded so maybe there's something like that happening here uh, Anthony who do you got I agree Tom Barlow um, you you can't score two goals and not get that that honor he he was the best part of the game I am about to shock everyone because no. my man of the match is also Tom Barlow. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the last time I agreed with everybody about the man of the match. Maybe it happens more than I realize, but I, I think this is the first time that Anthony, Joe, and I have agreed. <laughs> I believe so, yeah. Okay, let's talk uh, some news. Speaking of Tom Barlow, uh, he makes the uh, it, well, he makes the team of the week, but he's also the USL Player of the Week. So congratulations there. Uh, I don't think we need to to really go over again uh, why is, he is in that position, but it is really nice to see a, 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 basically a fringe player making such a big impact. Is that the first time a Red Bull two players won Player of the Week ever? No, um, I believe. Earlier this season, Brian White also won, but I could be wrong about that. And I know for sure Brandon won uh, uh, when he was here. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing we should talk about heading into the next match, I guess we can cover that uh, during the Charleston preview, or not the Charleston preview, the Ottawa preview, but uh, Andrew Tenari, uh, such an important part of the midfield. One more yellow card from him, and he will be suspended for a match. And with... Uh, the standings the way they are that could be a very costly suspension for them what's it do you do you see tenari being able to do uh essentially what felipe used to be so good at which is get close to that suspension but uh be able to restrain himself and, and keep from getting any more yellow cards i i Not- honestly haven't seen how he's picked up a lot of his yellows this year i mean because he's playing a different position so i mean 
I don't know if he's picked up a couple for descent or because I, I I don't know. I'm not really. I, I know he's picked up a couple for descent this year. I'm trying to think, but um, I, th- I think yeah. a lot of it has been trying to like stop plays from developing. Yeah, just taking yeah. sort of professional fouls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I I mean, I hope so. They they need him down the stretch big time. Yeah. Anthony. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's. USL's a little bit more of a weird beast when it when it comes to fouls and uh, th- things of that nature. So it doesn't surprise me that he's on the brink because of all the midweek games and uh, more minutes, especially a guy like Tenari. So yeah, he's 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 gonna be he's gonna suffer a suspension pretty soon. But I don't think it's gonna be as much of an issue. This team has to learn how to survive without that. With without a guy like him, if if they want to succeed long term, yeah, agree, agree. Okay, and then the last bit of news before we do our ex New York Red Bull two report, uh, Jean Christophe Kofi uh, is rumored to be signing with the New York Red Bulls uh, as a uh, transferring his homegrown rights from DC United uh, to the New York Red Bulls, uh, assuming there will be some kind of uh, funny money involved uh, in that <laughs> trade, um, but. He is a box-to-box central midfielder, uh, something that the Red Bulls have in abundance. And I want to get your idea of what you think that means for uh, the players that are at New York Red Bulls, too, that are desperately trying to get up to that first team. Uh, And, you know, is Kofi somebody who's going to come up uh, and be able to challenge for minutes at uh, the MLS level, or is he someone who's who's still going to be in USL? Let's start with you, Anthony. I think this is a clear sign that they're about to move Tyler Adams mm-hmm. and they're looking to bring somebody in that maybe at some point would be a replacement. I don't like it. I don't like young guys leaving young Americans or people on this side of the world leaving for Europe, but that's me in particular. So hopefully this guy doesn't also have aspirations for Europe. It would be amazing if at the end of the season uh, Tyler Adams signs a DP contract and stays in New York, but I do not see that happening. I Just, would love it. I would love it. Justine, uh, what do you think? What does this mean for guys like Andrew Tenari, Steven Echevarria, um, Christian Caceres Jr., and uh, Jose Aguinaga? Well, if, if Adams leaves, Caceres is kind of the designated guy that a lot of people have been keeping their eye on and take his spot. So, I mean, they're going to have a spot in an RB2 that it's going to, you know, it's going to have to be filled. But I mean, this is basically, you know, maybe they haven't been as impressed with some of these guys as we think. And maybe it's just like, Hey, you know, we're bringing in someone in up the competition. And, you know, this guy, you know, is, you know, he's a box to box guy. He's, you know, he's talented. So, I mean, I think this is somebody that we should keep our eye on. Okay, very fair. Uh, all right, let's get the New York X New York Red Bulls two report out of the way, and then we're going to take a short break. Uh, Rafi Diaz not in the eighteen for Sac Republic uh, in their win over eighteen sixty eight, and I'm starting to wonder if this might be the end of him in USL. We'll see. We'll see where he goes. Uh, Noah Powder two games this week. Uh, he started and played 90 minutes in a 3-2 win over uh, Portland Timbers FC2 and had the game-winning assist there, so congrats, Noah Powder. Uh, and then he played 90 minutes uh, in a 2 nothing loss to uh, Rio Grande Valley. Uh, so up and down week for him. Dan Metzger uh, was not in the 18 for Penn FC for their 2 nothing win over Ottawa this week's opponent. Junior Flemings uh, and Tampa Bay and uh, Stefano Bonomo. Flemings start, uh, came off the bench played 65 minutes in a 1-1 draw 
with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. He came in for Stefano Bonomo, who was injured in that match, uh, and scored a goal. Stefano only able to get uh, 24 minutes before that injury, and hopefully he's not going to be out long. Uh, neither of those players were in the 18 for a 2-1 loss to FCC. A controversial match that the uh, the oh, game yeah. the game winning goal scored on a penalty that was earned uh, in a dubious manner is very clear that the player dove. Uh, but you know, I've said this before, maybe not even on this show, but. Uh, the definition of foul is what the referee calls. So, bad luck there for for Tampa Bay. Brandon Allen and Nashville. He was not in the eighteen for a two one loss to his former team, Bethlehem Steel. Uh, Corey Herzog did not play for St. Louis in a three two win over Tulsa. There's a lot of did not plays here, guys. Uh, Kyle Rainish did play for Fresno. He started played ninety minutes in a two two draw with Las Vegas Lights FC. Uh, Zach Carroll. Uh, for 1868, he he did play in that uh, 2-1 loss to Sacramento. Started and went 90 minutes. Got a yellow card. Here's a good one for you guys. Started and played 90 minutes. Conrad Pleva. Way to go, Woo! Conrad. It's good to see you back out there. Uh, he started and played 90 minutes in a 4-1, or 4 nothing win over LA Galaxy 2. Uh, so congrats, Conrad. Uh, Speedy Williams and uh, Louisville City. We're not going to talk about the game tonight because I didn't even get to look at the stats yet. Uh, other than <laughs> Toronto FC2 wiping the floor with Louisville. Uh, but uh, Speedy started, played 90 minutes in a 3 nothing win over Charlotte uh, and did not play in a 6 nothing win over Richmond. So two games this past week for, for Louisville before the loss tonight where they <laughs> combined for nine goals and zero against. It's pretty good. Mike DeFonta and Phoenix Rising, he did not play in either match this week. I believe he's coming back from an injury. Uh, both those matches were 4 nothing wins uh, over San Antonio and Colorado Springs, respectively. Carl, we met Indy 11, started played 90 minutes in both of their matches this past week. A 3-2 win over TFC 2 and a 1-1 draw with Atlanta United 2. And guess what? He scored a goal. Scott Thompson, not in the 18 for the 6 nothing loss to Louisville City. Hopping over the seas, Zico Lewis, he's on a new team, and I'm going to screw up the name, Kopavager, HK Kopavager, they're a second division team in Iceland, Uh, he scored for them uh, last week, he had a brace, Uh, this week he started and played 90 minutes in a 0-0 draw with Ethrota Bandalag Akrenis. Uh, David Avador, FC Haka, uh, if you are a Red Bull News Network reader, uh, you, you should check out a story that we did with, with David about a, um, a racist incident that he witnessed in that league uh, in Finland. Anyway, he started and played 90 minutes in a 2 nothing loss to HIFK football. <laughs> what a great name. Football. Uh, Tim Schmoll, Dover Athletic FC. He's playing again, and regularly. He started and played 90 minutes in a 3 nothing loss to Leighton Orient. Uh, Marius Obakop with FC Zimbru Kisinau, uh, the Moldovan National Division. <laughs> I'm not sure if he played or not because there is not great record keeping on the internet for this. Uh, but uh, his team, uh, Zimbru Kisinau, won one nothing over uh, Spianta Nisporin. <laughs> I hope I said that right. Did you just say Neosporin? Yeah, Neosporin, yeah. These names are just, wow. Uh, Aaron Basulovich and uh, No Shipping Bias. 
the Swedish third division. He started, played 90 minutes, and he won one draw with Acropolis. And that completes the New York Ripples 2 report. I don't have to say Anatolia Bong on here anymore because he's with the team now. <laughs> it's weird as that is. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to preview the match against Ottawa and talk news and notes around the USL. Stick around. This is a long show. back we're joined now by fellow uh, rbnn writer and that's so metro podcast co-host uh, lie am petiti Pet- that... i've heard that my did i do that right with roll call <laughs> in school i heard that it's like pronounced petted I, I know I'm, there I'm, you go i'm taking a good shot at him for uh for correcting me last <laughs> week when i was wrong i pronounce things wrong every week liam i'm very very sorry <laughs> No, I, I've heard the XRBNY two for report. And yeah, it's pretty hard. It's not good. It's not good. That's for sure. Uh, Liam, let's get some background on you. I, I, I think the listeners are, are curious as to uh, uh-huh. y- you know your 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 points of origin. Uh, how how did you find yourself at uh, Red Bull News Network and on this podcast at this moment? Um. Well, I go to a school at Iona. I own a college in New Rochelle and I'm from Yonkers, New York. Um, so we had like NBC coming like the following day to do some interviews for like the Maury show and like, you know, Jerry Springer show for an internship. And one of my teachers was looking at my resume. He was like, you need to add some stuff. Like, what are you interested in? Like such soccer. And he was like, you know, there's the site, blah, 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 you could write for them. Um, so I did that. It was a site about MLS. And it just since last spring, I, like, really took that on, trying to write pretty frequently, got press passes. And, you know, in a couple months, here I am. And, you know, I mean, I've been a, a fan of the Red Bulls my whole life. And it started, you know, going to Metro Stars games when I was little. So, yeah. Liam, you know, you you just said you were from Yonkers, which means you're um, by proxy half from the Bronx, which is the borough that I'm from. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like Iona was literally like my my um, I went to Catholic school, and my Catholic high school was like oh the pipeline for Iona. Um, that's a mm. huge basketball, um, huge basketball college. What was the crossover? Because we've seen a lot in, in, the, in the international game of basketball to soccer fans. What, what did you see that at the school? Uh, what, what do you mean? The, like the, the support there of the, the sports? Yeah, like the, the, we, we tend to see a lot of basketball, soccer crossover. Did you see that a oh, lot at okay. the school? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that it's a, a good basketball school for the area. Uh, for sure. And, you know, there people do support it. And um, I think there is a, a crossover, definitely. Um, but, you know, attendance isn't that great at the games. Uh, we always draw a big crowd for the Manhattan games. And I think that also kind of carries over to uh, soccer. And, um, yeah, you see the similar faces, you know, going to the basketball games and going to the soccer games, too. What made you choose Iona as the uh, your college? 
uh, simply just because of money. I really wanted to go to Marist College, um, but, you know, it's just ridiculous. I didn't get any financial aid, really, so it would have been like $40,000 a year, and you're looking at $120,000 after four years, and I, I just I couldn't do that. And so I'm just, you know, commuting to school, and, you know, um, I got a scholarship and, you know, a grant or something, so it makes it a little easier on, on the pocket. And that's, I mean, such a common story for so many kids right now <laughs> having trouble trying to find uh, finances to pay for school without you know, <coughs> destroying the rest of their lives. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Let's turn our attention to New York Red Bulls, too. Uh, this past week, probably one of the craziest games that I think that we've seen, especially in terms of the way that it ended. I just wanted to get your thoughts about like what the team looked like. Uh, maybe a little bit of uh, what you thought of the of the back line and uh, specifically what you thought of the way that things ended. Um. Yeah, wow, that was a, a crazy game. Probably one of the most entertaining games I've seen this whole year, you know, on all different levels of, you know, professional sports. Um, yeah, I, I think the back line is still, you know, it's, still a work in progress and it's it seeming like it's taking longer than it really should. Um, you know, Hassan and Dom has had a couple of rough weeks and, you know, looking back at some of those goals, I, you know, I, I can see the blame, you know, that, that he could take some of the blame, especially um, was it the, the third goal right before half where he wasn't in line with Stauffer. I know the line was really high. Um, but, you know, um, it, it's changed. You know, the Wallenek is, is putting in different guys every single week, you know, and it's either Pollitz or Acqui at center back. So I just feel like continuity, especially with Red Bull 2, is always kind of going to be an issue. Um, but, you know, I think there's something to be said about them fighting back, you know, coming back. Um, and despite you know, the fact that the, on the defensive end, they've been struggling, you know, sometimes in these games, they don't, they don't struggle to put up goals. And you saw that against Louisville, you know, gave up six, but they put four on the board. And, um, you know, I, I think Jose Aguinaga has really stepped up the past couple of weeks. He's been exciting. And, um, you know, the midfield without Christian Caceres is, you know, a lot different, but, um, I guess I guess the sole bright spot in you know that whole game is you know just how well Tom Barlow's developing. Fair, very fair. So, so you know th- this is a podcast obviously that covers a a two team in the USL, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of debate for a long time about uh, USL teams uh, being independent versus two teams. Uh, what what's your take on this? Uh, do do you think that um, all of these two teams should go down to D three, or do you think that uh, Red Bull Two's done enough in their history, obviously running a championship, that they should remain uh, up here in the second division? Um, you know, I think obviously they have they they can accrue the talent to be on a D two level. Um, I do see how they do, you know, they, they have advantages over, you know, a Charleston battery, um, you know, for the time being right now, I think that it's almost imperative that, you know, these two teams 
kind of do stay where they are right now for the betterment of MLS in a sense. Um, you know, if MLS doesn't hit a certain level, then I don't know how much farther the lower levels can get. And then once MLS maybe, you know, get, you know, goes up a couple notches, uh, I, if you could say that on the world uh, level, then maybe the, you know, D2 and D3 could like follow suit and maybe these teams can drop back down a little bit. Uh, obviously you've covered, you know, you've paid a good amount of attention to this team this year. Um, do you see anybody, I have two questions. Do you see anybody getting called up from this team uh, at the end? Well, at the end of this year or early next year that's on this team right now? And who is like your big standout player this year? Um, you know, I, I think I've, you know, I played central midfield like my whole life, but I always had an affinity for, for wingers and, um, appreciating what they do. And, um, Jared Stroud is, you know, a player that, you know, right when he started getting a couple of minutes early on in the season and really started, um, cementing himself in the starting lineup, I felt like he's a guy that could definitely, um, you know, go up uh into the first team uh you know potentially probably next year as far as this year goes um i guess i mean he signed to the first team but i mean christian caceres i would like to see him get uh you know a start i would like to see him get you know some minutes off the bench for the first team um yeah, I mean, uh, so Stroud would probably be my guy, but I've also I also very much appreciated um, Brian White and his versatility. Uh, he pretty much impressed me every single game he played, and I think he thoroughly deserved that that signing and um, getting some minutes with the first team. And I mean, we could be looking at him potentially starting this week uh, tomorrow against Houston. So uh, keep an eye out for that, uh, Liam. Before we let you go. We're going to have mm-hmm. to subject you like we subject all to the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Popcorn, yes or no? Hell yeah. Ooh. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. I don't watch that. <laughs> wow. There's so much wow, swagger with fired. these answers. I love it. You are fired. Marvel or DC? Would I be crazy to say neither for for both too? Like I, I just never was a super. Like I was never into that. Wow. Oh. You, you better say you, your response <laughs> answer no, if I had to be pick, like vertigo or something. <laughs> if I had to pick, if I if I had to pick, I guess I would say Marvel. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, your favorite team to play as in FIFA. So. I, growing up, like, everybody I played used to be terrible. And recently, like, my favorite team was, was using, like, the Qatar League, and I would use this team called El Shabab. They had a couple of Brazilian players, so that would be my team. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Great. That's great. You got any others? Uh, new one this week, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild or Skyrim HD? He's about to slap us down again. You know that, right? <laughs> Um, what would make you happy, Anthony? What would make me happy is if you, as a soccer writer and 
minor league soccer journalist, um, uh-huh. tell me that you're also a nerd like us. No, no. Slightly <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> on that, but uh, Zell, I'll, I'll say Zelda because, you know, he's in Smash, right? And I think I've used him a couple of times. Oh, there you go. You're a Smasher. Okay, cool. Right, cool. <laughs> Joe, um, wait, 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 Justine. Uh, before you ask yours, uh, oh wait, no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you do that first. No, 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 no. You, you go. No, no, no. Sure please, my... please. Go ahead. Oh, ask. Okay. Favorite team that's not uh, New York Red Bulls. Uh, you know, Glasgow Celtic. There you go. <laughs> okay, I just had the best idea, Anthony. We have been uh, completely spinning our wheels trying to get this soccer showdown going. We're going to have to check with the other RBNN writers, but I think we should do a, uh, a, a short-sighted match with the two of us as captains. Oh, I actually like this idea. Wait, like, as in, wait, managers or captains no, on captains. the field? No, I'm going to be playing. I don't know about <laughs> you, but... I, you know I'm getting a red by sliding into you, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of weight to fall down out of you. You better think of that. <laughs> I, I didn't say I was going to pull it down, but I'm going studs up. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's good. <laughs> All right, Liam, you have passed the lightning round. Uh, I'm. We are okay. definitely going to organize this this match. Uh, you, will you be part of it over break? What do you think? I would. I would love it. Yes. I would love to meg you guys. Yes, this will be great. <laughs> it, it, it'll, it'll be on turf. We're going to turn this into some <laughs> kind of. Uh, we'll turn this into some kind of fundraising thing for for some kind of worthy cause. Uh, Liam, great. thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. See you guys. And when we come back, we're going to be uh, previewing the match against Ottawa and talking news and notes around the USL. So stick around. And we're back. We're going to preview the match against Ottawa. (laughs) What was I about to call them? Ottawa FC. Ottawa Fury. Uh, this Friday night at MSU Soccer Park. The Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators are playing. (laughs) Uh, Ottawa, they are breathing down the New York Red Bulls to uh, neck. They are 10, 12, and 5 on the season. 1, 3, and 1 over the last 5, though, so not great. Uh, At home, 7, 5, and 3. Away, 3, 7, and 2. So not great on the road, but guess what, guys? One of those three wins was a big one against the New York Red Bulls, too. Uh, in their last five matches, they have one win against Richmond, three losses against Nashville, uh, Bethlehem, and Penn FC, and a draw against Indy 11. One of my favorite all-time USL players, Steven Dos Santos, uh, is it one of their leading goal scorers. All, four, all three of these guys have four goals each. Steven Dos Santos, Tony Taylor, and Kevin Oliveira. Steven Dos Santos, also the assist leader with four. Look, this is not a great team, but... They can be stout defensively. Uh, things have been not great for them. Uh, we talked about the last time they were at um, MSU Soccer Park. Uh, oh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Adonija? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Adonija Reed. Uh, he had a hat trick in that match. Those are his only three goals of the season. <laughs> oh, man. Weird times. Um but they got all over the Red Bulls with their counterattack, and it's hard to see anything else happening uh, this time out, especially with the way that they played against Charleston. Uh, they are one point behind the Red Bulls, 36 points uh, to the Red Bulls, 37, although the Red Bulls do have a game in hand. 
the Red Bulls had a great chance to kind of uh, create some distance, but went one and one and one over their last homestand. And now with so few home games left, how critical is this match? And can they stop Ottawa from, from repeating uh, a performance like they did earlier this season? Uh, let's start with you, Joe. Uh, they're going to have to defend better than they did in that uh, game earlier this season, as we know. Um, they've actually never beaten this team at Montclair, uh, if you believe it or not. Uh, so, yeah, this is a probably the most crucial game they've had up to date. I mean, the Louisville game was a big game, and we saw how that turned out, unfortunately. Uh, they're going to have to come out and pretty much just blitz them from the start like they've done to a lot of teams this year. Um they're going to have to be better defensively. Uh, we don't know what this what the team's going to look like. I mean, you know, Caceres could be with the first team tomorrow night. So, I mean, uh, they're basically going to have to they're going to have to win this game. There's no they can't draw it. They can't can't lose it. So, this is a game where they're going to have to be, you know, they're going to have to shake off the the poor performances. They're going to have to be disciplined defensively. They're going to have to talk a lot. And I know they do have some, you know, I mean, Barlow's back, Moreno's back, which helps them offensively. But it's really going to come down to if they can hold this team off the board. And, I mean, look at the, look at the body of the work that they've put out. The last time that the Red Bulls had a shutout, do you want to guess uh, when that was? When was the last time uh, the Red Bulls kept the other team from scoring? Probably last Ottawa. year. <laughs> uh, no, it was probably Ottawa. The Ottawa game. Yes. Where they, the, the, the camp game. The that, camp that, game. That, Wednesday, May 2nd. They, it's uh, been since uh, May since they've shut a team out. That's unreal. Uh, and over the last three matches, they've given up 12 goals. Anthony, what, what kind of optimism should Red Bulls have that they can keep Ottawa off the board? None. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that for the rest of this year, it's about like, if you're asking me like, can they win? The answer is yes, by outscoring the opposition. But if you're asking me, um, oh, what can they do to win this game with a clean sheet? I don't think there is anything they can do. That all right, fair. That's a, a very fair take. You know, we're still, uh, we got to see a lot of Alan Giannis uh, recently. I thought he's he's done well. Had a nice mm-hmm. assist in in the Charleston game. Uh, we yep. still have not seen Lombard, and I'm very very surprised uh, about that. And given the way that this team has struggled defensively to kind of figure out uh, who they are and how they're going to the play in the back, uh, you would hope that consistency w- would start to creep into the, the lineup. But we haven't seen it. It, it, it hasn't They're waiting come. on Tommy Redding. <laughs> He's out for the season, so that is not going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of big question marks around this team right now, uh, defensively, and I think no small part of that is getting Christian Caseros back into the lineup uh, because he helped a lot. Uh, in breaking up some of those uh, counterattack opportunities uh, when uh, plays would fail in in the the offense or the defensive side of no I said the right way the first time in the offensive <laughs> side of the field uh, things things are a little bit rough there but all right let's get uh, predictions for Friday night Joe I'm gonna go three two Red Bulls two Anthony. Um, I'm going to go two to one Red Bulls two and have some optimism that they will only allow one goal. 
Ooh, I'm gonna agree with Anthony. I think on this one, and and hope for the the one goal defensive performance. It's two to one, uh, but all three of us picking the Red Bulls to win, so surely they will lose. Uh, moving on, let's talk playoffs. 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 <laughs> uh, we're in the nitty gritty now. Um, obviously, there's still you know almost ten games left to play for some of these these clubs, but I want to look at. Uh, basically the three teams closest to the line and the three teams above the line uh, in the Eastern Conference and just kind of gauge if you think these guys can can make the playoffs. Bethlehem Steel, by the way, all the way up to fifth place right now. They're on a good run and, uh, you know, maybe even climbing higher uh, by weekend's end. But just like Philly. Yeah, just like Philly, who is not, uh, not too shabby. And I think a lot of the people that are hoping that DC is going to make a big run uh, with all these home games left. They have a lot of really tough teams to play, including Philly, uh, who's been really, really good of late. Uh, Corey Burke doing well there, former BST striker. Uh, okay, so sixth, we've got Indy 11. They've played 25 matches, 40 points. Seventh, New York Red Bulls 2, 26 matches, 37 points. Eighth, Nashville SC. 36 points. Oh, you know what? I said Ottawa had 36. They, they have 35. My, that, that's my fault. Nashville won tonight, though, so they were up. They moved up. Ah, maybe that was it. Okay. I, I still have the point totals wrong, but I, I thought that <laughs> Ottawa was up there. Ottawa is in ninth place. 27 matches played, 35 points. So, obviously, a disadvantage there. Uh, North Carolina FC, uh, 25 matches, 34 points. Penn FC, 24 matches, 29 points. I guess, uh, no, I'm, I'm keeping Charlotte out of there because they've just been so bad of late. Which, of if you had to pick two teams going up and two teams going down from that group, uh, who is it? Let's start with you, Anthony. Hi. Um, I, I, all right, the three teams I'm, on top. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I just don't know. Like I feel like all of those teams are interchangeable, to be quite honest. Yeah. At this point, considering that considering their their runner form, so it, it's really hard. Just I mean, I I would literally be throwing a dart at a board to say which ones would be would be up versus down. Okay, well, throw that dart. Uh, <laughs> Indi- just say yes or no. India eleven. No. Justine, India eleven. Yes, I think they're interchangeable. No, no, not if they're interchangeable or not, but if they're oh. going to be above the playoff line, season's end. Yes, I'll say they'll be there. Right, just Anthony them. says no. Joe says yes. Um, I'm not ready to commit. Okay, New York Red Bulls 2. Anthony? Yes. Okay, Joe? Yes. All right. Uh I agree. I think they should be able to make the playoffs, but I think it's going to be in that seventh or eighth spot. It's going to be hold your butt at the end of the season. Uh, Nashville SC, Anthony. No. Okay. Joe. I'm going to say yes. Oh, interesting. I think I agree with Anthony on this one. I'm not sold on them. I think they can do some good stuff, but uh, against the better teams, I'm not really seeing them be able to uh, take care of business. Um, Ottawa, Anthony. I uh, no. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know that you, I think you've said no for three of these teams. So <laughs> just so you know, you have to say yes to the other two teams that we're gonna bring up. 
<laughs> okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> Justine. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. They're not bad, but I think they, they're going to need help to do it. Uh, North Carolina FC, Joe, <laughs> Anthony. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Joe. No. Okay, now, Joe, I think you've used up all your no's as well, right? No, I've used up all my yeses, I'm pretty sure. Oh, all three teams above the line you say are yeses? Yep, I, I, I think I, I don't really see anybody moving up or down. Interesting. Changing positions, but I, I don't really think they're going to fall out. I, I do believe that North Carolina has a better setup to be a playoff team. I think they have more experience. I think that they have the right coaching. I, I'm all about North Carolina making the playoffs. Okay. That, that would be very fun. Um, and then Penn FC. Uh, I guess we have your answers about these. We don't really have to say. But. They don't, they, for me, they don't have enough. Like, I, I just think they, I think they, you know, they, they've come on a little bit of late, but I, I don't see them, like, you know, moving up enough. Yeah, I mean, look, they've had some results, but they're, I, they're still not that great. They had three losses in a row with New York Rebels 2, Cincinnati, and Richmond. Those first two, you could say, like, all right, those are teams that are better than them, and, and they should lose to them. But losing to Richmond is, is a bad sign. Um, they did they're did. they a boring eighth-place team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, 11th place. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we've... One other team we did not touch on uh, is not far below uh, Penn FC. Sitting in 13th place, just one point back, uh, is Tampa Bay. And I think a lot of us thought that they were going to either be in the number one or number two spot heading into the season. Can they turn it around enough to, to make the playoffs? Is that insane? Yes. Um... I don't know. I mean, what, do they play 25 games right now? Yeah, they've got so... 25. Yeah, they're they're what are they nine points out right now? Oof, I, I mean eight, seven if or six if they win. There's too many teams in front of them. I mean, I think they've they've under that team's been so they've undergone so many changes this year that um, I mean, I just don't think it's enough. They they have enough this year. I mean, we don't know how long Benomo's out or not. Um, and I, I think it's just been you know the coaching change. You know, injuries have really hurt them this year. Uh, Dave and the Gem going down and. Mid, the midfield being hurt this year, I, I just don't think there's enough. Yeah, I agree with that, uh, Anthony. Uh, any hope for them? I don't think so, but I I will say this is one of the biggest sob stories in USL because they I, going into this year, I thought that they were favorites to win the whole thing, and they started off I thought pretty well, <laughs> and then things, they did, and then they went to then they went to Red Bull Arena. They went to Red Bull Arena, <laughs> and everything came crashing down. Um, I feel I feel bad for them, um, but I think you you guys are right. It's you know wipe the slate clean uh, on this season, and then just see what you what pieces you've got to build around uh, next season. Okay, that brings us to the end of another episode of Raising Bulls. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. Yeah, and just don't follow me. <laughs> Oh, I love you, Anthony. Joe? <laughs> I am at Jasteen15. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's on Twitter, where you better not follow Anthony, according to Anthony. 
uh, facebook.com slash raising bulls. You can find us there. Uh, all our episodes go up there. Uh, they also go up on raisingbulls.com where you can send us emails for questions. We don't get very many questions, but if you want to send us them, uh, the, it, it goes to questions at raisingbulls.com. That's questions at raisingbulls.com. Where can they send us emails, Joe? Questions at raisingbulls.com. There you go. That's perfect. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Find us, rate us, review us. It helps. It means everything, and we really do need it. And Anthony, I'm going to say, uh, after a very fine performance on this episode, hashtag Merced in. Look at you <laughs> sucking up to me. <laughs> I'm working on your image. I told you at the top of the show. <laughs> Oh, trust me, I'm doing everything to tear it back down. Oh, I'm going to try, Anthony. uh, I I shouldn't be surprised, but... Do do they know I also write for NYCFC? (gasps) I think that's okay. Uh, I I don't think that any... If you are a fan that is upset that a writer writes about more than one team, even if they're rival teams, then I I don't know what what you're doing, guys. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, you can find us at bgn.fm. That's the Beautiful Game Network. They've got a ton of great shows and now written content on their blog. Uh, but you can go and listen to the USL show, Mongols, uh, St. Louis Soccer Report, uh, Back Chat, Tornado Alley, LWSC, Play the Kids, Six Point Weekend, Speedway Soccer. I'm going all the way down the list this time. Down the Valley, Texas Soccer Radio, Backyard Footy, Foxtrot, Bethlehem Blast Furnace, Sock Takes, and Rising as one. <laughs> a ton of shows about uh, all kinds of USL teams. If you want to know about USL, listen to the shows on the Beautiful Game Network. They do a great job of covering so many teams in the league. And, of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Joe Steen, Anthony Merced... And Liam Petiti, thank you very much and have a great night. <laughs> <laughs>